in the Grotto Pod. I'm in the Grotto Pod. Joining me here today is my co-host, Bridget Quinn, author. I'm so lucky. So creative, too, using a piece of paper left in the Grotto Pod as a coaster. I know, but I probably don't need a coaster. I don't think this is the kind of table where you need a coaster. In fact, it looks like a porous surface. Uh, yeah, it is a nice habit to get into. Uh, Not enough people have that habit, in my I opinion. I have a neighbor who makes it his business to steal coasters everywhere he goes. I know people like that, too. Yeah, I don't get it, really. Do you know, I have noticed people taking coasters from my house. What? Actually. I meant in, like, places of business. <laughs> I know, because I've taken them from places of business that I thought were amusing, and, and they, I've noticed that they disappear from my house. So. Uh, okay, I see. Today, we're going to try something a little different today. Our guest is Alejandro Gallegos. Yay! One of my favorite people, literally one of my favorite people. He is, and let me get my notes, because I want to tell you exactly what his job is. Oh, is there more than, it has more than one word? He is the community management, community engagement manager for the San Francisco Public Library, 2018. Alejandro's not a librarian? J, Library of the Year. He is a librarian. Okay. His present job is okay. community engagement manager. I'm working on pauses He's today. very good at it. But he, you know, in the because I remember him telling us he had been the branch manager of uh, the Golden Gate branch. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. And uh, what little, he has a very small electronic footprint. Uh, what little I could turn oh, Larry. up. Larry's like the FBI. Right? I, know. I don't know. Does the FBI do that? Um, yeah, yeah, because they do like they background must start checks and there. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know he worked in San Jose, the library down there. But beyond that, I really don't know a whole lot about. We know he has a tangential friend. connection to the writing world. I don't know Correct. if he's going to want to talk His about that or not. Wife His wife is a poet. Is a poet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he might not want to talk about. It. I don't know. He may not, though. He is a very cheerful man, and I have never found him shy of wanting to talk about stuff. I know. You know, there are people in the world who just feel like they're there to do good, Mm. and librarians can be that person, Mm -hmm. and Alejandro has that about him. He does. He does. He just has such a nice vibe. And full disclosure, the two events we did with the library, the My Favorite Book live readings, they weren't readings, live events. Events, He was our point man, I would say. Would you say point point Mm -hmm. guy, point person? He was our our man in the library. He was. He was our contact. He would set us up, and he was the guy to do the introductions. That voice you may have already heard. I know. That's true. You know, I... Don't know how many of our listeners are familiar with the San Francisco Public Library main library. Library of the Year. Library of the Year. Uh, It's a beautiful space. It's fantastic. But it's very high tech. Yeah. And um, has kind of complicated spaces. And I can imagine being a librarian there is uh, it's a different kind of job than I remember from when I was a kid. You know, I don't want to get too deep into my library experiences. Why not? Because it's I'm saving best. it for oh, when okay. it gets here. Yeah, yeah, I want to do that too. But uh, I have always, not always, but generally been more of a branch guy than a oh, main library for sure. guy. For sure. Um, and yeah, sometimes that main library can be overwhelming if you're there to look for a book. Well, here's the thing. In my line of work, I need the main library because I need these very weird books right. that are not in branch libraries. In my peripheral line of work that sometimes people think I'm too expensive to do. <laughs> uh, Which is really annoying because uh-huh. we're not paid enough. Considering how much 
they make. Oh yeah. I have been known to take a, take advantage of the history room upstairs yep. in the library, yep. and I think I could probably just go there and hang out. If you just pointed me in a direction, I could probably spend the whole day in that history room. You know the one problem I have with working at the library? The homeless people. Um, kind of. Not, no, but sort of because I want to go to the bathroom and I don't want to have to keep taking my stuff with me. Yeah, that's why the branches are a little better for right. that. Um, um, and there's there are these locked rooms that you can use at the main branch, mm-hmm. and I like to use those. I, they're hard to get. I would say if I had any... Uh, gripes with the main branch of the San Francisco Public Library, it would be that a few times I have edited podcast episodes there, either uh-huh. of the Grotto Pod or of the uh, sensational Is It Good for the Jews podcast, I heard of that, yes. and I haven't been able to upload them because their internet can be a little spotty. I'm surprised I'm going to bring that. that up with Alejandro when he gets here. I was shocked to hear that, actually. Yeah. I would have thought they were super high-tech. Uh, they are, but sometimes that internet... You never know like where you're going to get some weird I like that there's a cafe in the building. That is pretty awesome. That I like. Um, so, and I, you know, again, I don't want to get too into the library. I know, I know. Okay, 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 here. So let, maybe we should just cut ourselves off and um, wait for Alejandro to get here and then resume talking about libraries. Because that's really what's going to be today, folks. Though I am going to make it my business to get a little biographical details out of our friend Alejandro as well. Can I tell you one thing? Sure. Two weeks ago, yeah, I picked up Susan Orlean at the airport. Yes, and her new book is called The Library Book. Oh, and it's the story of this giant fire at the LA Library in 1986. Is it nonfiction? It's nonfiction. It's so really? good. Can I ask you something about Susan Orlean? Sure. Did she look like Meryl Streep? No. Oh, that's a little disappointing. She has red hair. Okay. And a lot of red hair. Oh, she looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Just not like Meryl Streep. Just not like Meryl Streep. Right. I've never seen Meryl Streep in person, have you? Nope. 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 Okay. Can't say I have. All right, All right then. Uh, we are going to get off air then for a couple secs while we wait for uh, Alejandro to show we'll up. probably just walk over here. Yep. And we will be back in two shakes of a lamb's tail. Okay. All right. We are back. Alejandro. Welcome to the Grotto Pod. Thank you. I'm really happy and excited to be here. We're really happy to. I know. We're so happy to have you. Have you here? And I feel like we had to work to get this done, like finding the right date and. Because Alejandro has a real job, <laughs> unlike us. <laughs> I'm glad you guys laugh because I'm also great. Let's all chuckle. You do have a real job, and I said my first question to you was going to be why you forsook the name Lawrence, but I'm not going to start with that. We can get there eventually. We'll get okay. there eventually. All right. No, actually, what I want to start out with is I think jobs in the library and being a librarian, it's sort of a mystery area for a lot of people. It's true, especially now. Yeah. So I kind of want to trace back your path to becoming a librarian and figure out when that spark was lit in you and when you decided to do it. And, and, and was it a, what you wanted to be or did it end up being what you are? I think it ended up being what I am, but looking back, you see there are certain points in your life where it made it ends up making sense. Mm-hmm. So the very short story is in college, I started working as a page, which oh. essentially is doing books and, you know, part-time mm-hmm. job, mm-hmm. 20 hours a week. And where were you at college? This is in, I was at Santa Clara University, so I was at San Jose. Two Broncos in one grotto pod, ladies and gentlemen. Two Lawrences. Well, at one point, yeah. and both Santa Clara Two Broncos. Grads. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. True story. 
Maybe you guys were there when at the same time. When you were uh, I'm probably much older than you. Uh, yeah, I think so. Class of 87. You look much younger, but... Yeah. Um, it's the baldness, Aww. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're at Santa Clara. I'm working at San Jose Public Library, and I don't think I ever didn't have a library job after that. Oh, wow. So it's been like over 25 years in libraries, and it's been... And those are big change years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you intend to be when you entered college? I don't know. I was undecided, and then junior year they made you. They forced right, so you have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Can I just get amass enough credits and then like graduation days, like reveal what my major is? <laughs> and they're or like the magic eight ball. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, actually, that's not how college works. You should probably declare oh. something before. And my major was political science. Okay. Something I was interested. I was interested in politics, and it's. Uh, like being here today is a wonderful... Um, yeah, I wondered yeah. about that, if yeah. that was going to screw you up. Because today everyone is election day. It is right. election day. It is election day. And I don't know how people are finding time to vote because it means they have to get off of Twitter and Facebook to do it. <laughs> I was able to <laughs> hold my phone exactly. and while I turned in my mail. Take a picture of myself absentee. voting right. with my little sticker. Yeah. I was bummed because I vote by mail. Uh, I've done it since my kids were little because I found it hard to get anywhere and now i'm addicted to it but today all the people are are giving you discounts if you have a vote sticker and i don't have an i voted sticker i dropped off my ballots yesterday at city hall and they did give me a vote sticker uh, and bring it oh. let me make the case for voting in person because that's the way i oh, do i know it. i think it's good and i do it because i never think to do it by mail but i'm always happy i did because Personally, I, I don't. I hate today. I hate all the noise, and I feel like the the weeks leading up to an election to me are a barrage of mail I don't want, and a barrage of negative TV ads. I was telling my wife the other day, like, yeah. I don't know anything about this Prop 8 dialysis thing, but apparently the people who thought of it want people dead because that's what's what the message I'm in. But if you go to the poll and you vote in person, it's always this very cheerful, positive, civic-minded It experience. is really nice to meet the people who are working there, especially. And that. I wonder if that's because you're not allowed to campaign within however many feet of it. 40 feet or something like yeah. that. Right? But it's really just very positive, and everyone's real happy. You know, everyone really There is feels something very, ch- like, contributing to democracy does yeah. feel high-minded in a way almost nothing in our culture does. Well, I live in the design district, and... Since I've since we've been there, it's been about ten years. In December, our precinct, I guess, was most was mostly made up of warehouses. And oh, right, design. for sure it was. So yeah, it's, there aren't there haven't been enough people for us to have our own precinct to go vote. So they I wow. don't think yeah. Okay. So or maybe we don't have enough registered voters, mm-hmm. or maybe enough. So we've so I haven't had that opportunity uh to do that. And I'm sure I can go to a different polling place and right. they'll let you do it. Yeah. But one thing I do miss is you kind of feel like this little tiny community with people who are kind of yeah. in your neighborhood. That I you know. And you're in somebody's you garage. Might, um, I like that. You would see the list, you're like, oh so and so voted. Okay, they're already here. They yeah. should have a name. And in my neighborhood you definitely do see the same people working there. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the library, can I just say to bring it all back around. Girl. I know, thank you. Um the great thing about the library is it feels like your community when you're in a library. And I do find that always really heartening. And, um, you know, you can go into any library and you feel like, oh, I know what this is about. Mm-hmm. I think one of our – you mentioned earlier about change and mm-hmm. like the last 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years. Like they've all been – Right. I think for us now and for me in my mind, we're becoming a place where we 
get people to share, to, 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 to have these shared connections to create mm-hmm. community in our libraries. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of other things, like there's early literacy specifically for kids. There are other specific targeted programs or materials or services. But I think one of the overall goals for us is to create this connected community in San Francisco. And do you find that harder at the main branch rather than the neighborhood branches? I mean, it has its definite challenges, and it's our main library, so it has a lot of different things happening. Right. So there are pockets of, so for example, the Children's Center has its own community of people Mm -hmm. and caregivers who come in. Um, The Third Floor International Center has its own people who come in and go there, and that's their own community. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a little bit harder in the sense that it's just a big, massive Sure, and you. I mean, and you guys. To be frank, you have a specific challenge. You know, we were kind of joking around. Bridges. Oh, there's one thing I don't like about the main library. I said, oh, the homeless people. I mean, but but that's not my. Re- I was not the. No, but joking aside, that is a community that convenes at the library. Right. And, and I remember talking to you and Rich, the the APA guy. I forget what the context was, but you were trained. Was it Narcan? Not me, but some, some of us are trained yeah. with Narcan, and we can opt in to, to do that training. And I should. I just don't. Not on the public floors very much, but, but a lot of us opt in to get trained on Narcan. Oh and my it, gosh! Few, wow, there have been a few instances already where uh, there has been someone that has been revived using that either by security guard. Amazing, or because, and maybe it's just because of the location of the main library. But it's definitely a community that convenes at the library. Yeah, I mean, we're traditionally a place for that anyone can come into, mm-hmm. and we take pride that anyone can come into. And one of our missions mm-hmm. and our values is that anyone whether you're old or you are young or you have money or you don't or you believe this or your political affiliation is that, we're not going to question mm-hmm. what you right, do come on and in. who you are and what you're doing here. You come in. And part of that leads to challenges like mm-hmm. there, you know, people use us in a lot of different ways and maybe it's not always how one person thinks it should be used or maybe it infringes on someone else's use of the library. Right. Uh, and then specifically for our homeless issue, I mean, the city's homeless issue, it's like where we need to find, I think, we need to figure out as a city, like, where are we going to give people space to be and to exist and to Completely. live and to, yeah. and to be humans in, like, our, in our city? Like, how can that happen? And obviously, the library is one place where people feel they can do that. Um, let's go all the way back then and... and well, I, I hopefully I'll be able to get the focus on you and then the library, you library. But sure. were you a big reader growing up? And were you Love a library it. guy? You know what? I'm, I liked the library. I think I used it more like in junior high and high school for, for homework. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically, not specifically, spe- specific instances, but I know I remember it was a real treat to go to the library when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I can get books out. I, know, I used to love I, that. I, it was so you felt like an adult. Yeah. And where did you grow up? In San Jose. In San Jose. So it was a city. Yeah. And I don't remember going to the library very often. I know working in libraries, there's a lot of kids who go every day mm-hmm. or a few times a week. And that wasn't me, and I'm not exactly sure why. I've been doing a lot of Were your parents library people? They were re- they were readers, mm-hmm. but not so much library people that I remember. I ask only because I think we talked about this before in another setting, but my parents were every week we went to the library. And so naturally I was a library person because it's just what I knew. Let's go to the library. 
Yeah, I don't know why we didn't use it more often. And probably because we weren't good at bringing things back. I know. I remember that used to be really stressful and it would cause a lot of anxiety in my home Mm -hmm. that you might have a book that was overdue was a very big deal. (laughs) I think libraries are way chiller about it now than they used to be when we were young. We can be. And I think we're we're starting to recognize that's a barrier for people to use us. And I think especially for children who, you know, when you're a child, it's not really your... Like, yeah, for us to prevent you from no. checking out more books. So it is a, it's a nice lesson in responsibility. It's true. Kids. Yeah, and, and I think there are some people who feel that way. I don't know if those lessons really work. Like, it's not. Yeah, I agree. Very like, it's not a very specific. Like, we are trying to teach you this lesson, and also, it's not really kind of your job. We're getting a little bit more uncomfortable, like trying to the teach patriarchy. You like, yeah. <laughs> we're the like. Isn't it interesting? I feel like there's been a little shift in how librarians are perceived. Like when we were kids, a librarian was like the scary person, right? They were mm. the scoldy, scary. You don't think so? I don't. Maybe in I'm popular thinking, culture. I'm thinking school marm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, school marm's kind of scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you know, scolding, like shh, shh, shh. Yeah, there was a lot of shushing. And now I feel like librarians are beloved in a completely different way. I got to ask you, I don't want to get too far afield, but what is the present status of the silence issue? Oh, yes, please. I think think it just depends on what's – like we really encourage people to be as they are in the library. I don't see a lot of silence in the library. I don't either. I think it's – if we were going to maintain these cathedrals of materials where a few people could come in – and quietly read a They're book. Like, yeah. I mean, that's just not who we are, and it's not really who we want to be, and it's not really how we think we would serve our residents the best. Mm-hmm. So I remember, like, there are some libraries that are a little bit more challenging. My previous spot was at a small library. Golden in Gate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just one big that's room nice that is library. a little echoey, and I yeah. think our staff just tried to make it. And I think when I think it could be a little intimidating for a person to walk, even if you had high heels, it was just like... I don't know if I can be in here. (laughs) I think especially challenging for caregivers and kids to come in and we just wanted to start to make it a lot more welcoming. So we tried to figure out how to do that and how to kind of start to raise that level of energy, of noise, so that people feel a little bit more comfortable talking Mm -hmm. in a regular voice. So if a kid is over here playing with the blocks that we provide, like, hey, that's what those are for. They're for you to use, not for someone to then be upset that a kid is playing with these. Well, that has definitely been a shift then because the one yeah. thing I remember from being a kid was silence is yeah. golden. Like, do not make noise in oh, the library. Oh, you could not be loud. No. But what was great about the library when I was a kid, it was the one place I was allowed to be alone when I was a child. Like, I could just be free. I would be dropped off in the kids' section and my mom would go someplace else. And it was just so, like, it was exciting. I think there are varying levels of acceptance among library staff. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. And, you know, we don't want like extra young kids in here by themselves because that can be like, hey, it's like, also a different, like, right. world, different world. Completely. I also want to admit that two weeks ago at our one city, one book, big event. Yeah. Family issues. Like my wife was somewhere with a little one and I had my seven year old and I said, you know what? I need to go to this event. Here you are in the children's area. Look for some books. I'll be back. I'm going to go. <laughs> sit here and read. <laughs> sit here. There's yeah. librarian. I'll be back. And I was like, what, what is the One City, One Book this year? It's the best we could do. Oh, yeah. It's a graphic novel by T. Bui, who lives in Berkeley. Yeah. I live in Berkeley. And uh, you've probably read it. It's fantastic. We yeah. were really, really pleased with that selection. It's the first graphic novel we've mm-hmm. chosen. For Such this. a good idea. 
Such a good idea. We weren't sure how it was going to go for with people. You know, a lot of people say, I don't read comic books or graphic novels. And I think it's just a really great story that resonates with, in a lot of different ways. Who chooses one city, one book? There's a committee. That makes sense. There's a committee. Mm-hmm. So we do a smaller version every two months called On the Same Page, and that's mm-hmm. our reader's advisory committee. Mm-hmm. And we think, okay, what book could we choose? And currently it's Heartberries by... Oh, yeah. Teresa that's really good, too. Mayo or something? Yeah. I don't know how to say her last name. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, but our one city is the biggest, you know, the big one that we put banners up in, in uh, like, MTA stops, and, and we really try to publicize it, and we do a lot of programming around it. And it's a committee of different community members. Our city librarian signs off on it. Um, and a couple of bookstore owners, uh, someone from uh, City College. So that's super uh, community. That's library like- commissioner. Um, yeah, there's, there's a number of people with the hand in it, and we all submit books, and we think, what about this? And then we go back and read, and then we say no or yes, or let's keep it on, let's discuss it further. And that's, for next year, has to start happening, like, now. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. it sounds really time-consuming. Right? Um, yeah. <clears throat> but those are two very different books. Well, I guess not. They're both kind of memoirs, but I just like that it's in the mix. Like, they're not brand new. They're not. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's see. Like, last year's was also another kind of a... I think it's been, we've been kind of reaching, like, kind of, like, challenging books. This one, I mean, it wasn't a challenge, but it was a little bit different. It was a graphic novel. Last year's was a book about the Black Panthers. Oh, yeah, I remember And that, that. was nonfiction, a Who? university press. Who wrote it? Um, I should have brought notes. Was it Judy? No, it was two professors, okay. one of them here at Cal uh, and one at Carnegie Mellon, um, I'm blanking on them, but it was, you know, it's a, it's a, it was a really yeah. dense, dense yeah. book. It was good. We got a lot of really good feedback. I, we're talking again about community, and I've been right. thinking a lot about our underserved community or underrepresented mm-hmm. community, and I thought that brought out a lot, a segment of our uh, residents that maybe, or even around the Bay Area who weren't, who we weren't quite reaching. How that's can, great. How can you get a sense of how successful, if that's the right word to use, uh, the One City, One Book is each year well one like the probably the biggest indicator is we have we'll have like the authors at a big event and they'll mm-hmm. have like this past two weeks ago was the author of uh, the best we could do in conversation with lauren markham and for me my measure of success in particular with this book was i wanted to see a different audience that wouldn't then would normally come mm-hmm. to our or than we normally see Right. And I really liked seeing a lot of Southeast a- I think there were a lot of Southeast Asian uh, people from our local community. I know we invited some of our local Tenderloin Southeast Asian mm. community partners to come. Um, and did they come? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah, it was great yeah. to see. Uh, we had like a younger crowd, probably a much more Asian uh, representation than, than we normally would. And I thought people were very excited just in talking to the to the line of people who were waiting to get their book signed by her at the end. Oh, that's so we're awesome. really, really excited to to meet her and she was taking pictures mm-hmm. and and for me one really good reason for picking that book was it was a chance for us to start connecting with our local Tenderloin community, mm-hmm. especially our Southeast Asian community that we didn't that we don't have a really strong relationship with. And I thought that's maybe a good chance for us to, to an easy way for for me to introduce myself and to start getting a little bit closer. So when you talk about your job, I can tell you like it. 
At what point? <laughs> but this career, you know, if, if I was traveling the same path as you career-wise based on the job I had when I was in college, I'd be a high school baseball coach right now, and I'm not. So at what point did this part-time job that you had in college, what point did it become a sustainable idea of a career? Like when did you go, oh, light bulb, this is it? Yeah, I think I was in the library for a while for, in San Jose, and, just, and then you just see what, what you do and what the librarians do and the people who come in. And I realized I really liked public service, and I really liked interacting with people. And um, public libraries, you just get everyone. Mm-hmm. You get everyone in here. And for me, who might have been introverted when I was younger, and I probably still am or could be a little bit shy, it was just... Like, hey, there are all these people that I, my job is to interact mm-hmm. with. I actually really enjoy this. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, you know, you, you start becoming part of this organization. You start adopting the values of this organization. And you start understanding a little at a deeper level of what this institution is or what it can mean and what its potential is for people to you realize how important it is. Mm-hmm. In other countries, like, information is guarded and it's not free. And we want to know who is checking this out or who is researching our um, our, our king or our president or our mayor. Yeah, remember there was... recently, yes, like exactly. Saudi Arabia, there's a yeah. journalist who, I mean, yeah, yeah, so yeah. information has real, can be threatening to a lot of people. And here in our country, our institution of, you know, the, the library is a tradition where anyone is welcome. That's not... That hasn't always been the case, and mm-hmm. we recognize that a lot of communities, especially of color, feel traditionally that there have been barriers. And even though everything is free and we allow everyone to come in, we're still finding that there are some barriers that we're unsure of what they are, but they exist because it's not getting used at the same rate mm-hmm. by other communities as by our white communities. So it's, one, one of the things, I'm a big, uh, I'm a library slut, and I go to all the branches, and one of the things I like go doing is going to the new releases and seeing how they vary from branch to branch. And I can tell you're targeting the people in the neighborhood, what kind of books they're going to actually go get. I think we try, and I think we rely on our branch librarians and our branch managers to really get to know mm-hmm. their people, uh, their communities, yeah. what they want, what, what they're going to be checking out. Um, but, you know, going to the library, it is intimidating, especially the San Francisco Public Library. It's a pretty sexy building. It, could, it is a little intimidating. Like if you haven't gone there, I could see why you wouldn't go for the first time. Does that um, make sense? The, the main library can be in even a couple of our branches. I mean, the main library right. is an intimidating building yeah. if you speak English. If you don't speak English. Right. Imagine walking language. in there and figuring out like where stuff is. Here's and, what yeah. always happens to me. Yeah. yeah. I enter from Larkin Street. Yeah. And I can't figure out how to get down the first floor. How does it? Yeah. How do oh, I do that? yeah. And I used to go to the old one when I lived here in the early 90s. That old one that's the Asian Army. Yeah. yeah. That was that was old school. I like that one. But even the old, like, so um, I went to grad school in New York City where you can't check out books from most libraries. You have to use them there. And because I had grown up in the West where we didn't use libraries the same way, I was so intimidated by the system and how to do it and how it worked. And I could just see that you would need a kind of gateway drug to start using the library and to get in. I feel like that's what the branches are for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what they're for. We also just recently, like in conjunction with uh, the best we could do, reaching out to these neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, communities right by our main library. And we started having some field trips with... With um, so our community partners said, could we bring people? Could you like give us like a 
like a tour. Could you bring us? And I said, yeah, we'll have food and we'll bring. So we did a few of those. And it was caregivers and mostly it was caregivers and kids. And a lot of them were grandparents or older mm-hmm. adults and young kids. Probably the parents are working. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the anecdotes translated to me were, you know, this person has lived here for 30 years on Eddie and they have never been in here. Or they right. didn't know this was a library or they knew it was, but they hadn't come in. And the more you think about it, it's like, yeah, if I didn't speak English or even if I weren't familiar with libraries, right. you mm-hmm. walk in. What do you do now? Like, well, how do I get yeah, down? Yeah, what's next? Who do I talk to? What's what's next? Next? And it sounds like that's one of those barriers to entry yeah. that you're trying to figure Definitely. out. Right. Um, did you get an MLS? Yes, so, I did. Long, convoluted story. Well, no, we got time. I did. I know I we did. got so much. We got time. nothing but time. <laughs> uh, where'd you go Except to do that? Heat. San Jose State, okay. which is an online program. Oh no way! I, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, it, I mean, a lot. I think the idea is a lot of people. It's either a second career right. or you're already working. Right. Um, you could work part time. You could work full time, and you could complete this degree. I started going there. It might have been in 99 or 98, and I took like seven classes or so, and then I got a job as a librarian in a system where you didn't exactly need your MLIS. Right. And then when I wanted to switch to a different library system, I wanted to get closer here to where I live. It was impossible without it, so I had to go back and do the whole thing over, and it had turned into an online program, completely online. And initially it was a little bit hard to do school Online, like I need. We're too old. Yeah, we yeah, are too yeah. old. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I completely see it. But I, you know, I did it, and now I have that, and I can go anywhere. You can go yes. anywhere. <laughs> That's the cool thing about libraries. So it's not like teaching. Right. You don't have to get a different one in each state. Is there library librarian certification? It's the MLIS as long as it's it's uh, as long as it's an accredited school. Mm-hmm. I'll bet uh, now more. you have to have a lot of tech to be a librarian. It is a growing. I could see that. Um, How's that changed in the time you've spent at the library? Oh, like a ton. Like, I don't do a lot of tech, but we all use it in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, most basic way no more card catalog. Yeah, yeah, which Aww. we'll still get people saying, like, what about the card catalog? But being a student using the card catalog, you never knew. If the card you pulled, if that the book was going to be there, yeah, you had to come up with other strategies. Oh, yeah, like, that was oh, you have to kind of get this number and then kind of look around that shelf to see if there's anything Although I there. did used to like, as a researcher, that the card catalog was sometimes a way to build, build a bibliography because totally. you suddenly come across things. Yeah. But maybe that still happens electronically. Yeah, and I think electronically there's a lot of ways to link to that subject mm-hmm. and maybe this, yeah. Do you feel like technology in the last 25 years has shifted the emphasis on libraries. It feels like when you go to a library now, it's not as much about books. There's other stuff. Like, people are in the library to use the computers. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. Or, or, you know, or to, yeah, or to look, yeah. It does seem like it's not as and And, and I guess to piggyback off that, are you a books person? Uh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I kind of held off doing e-books for quite a while. As part of my job, I kind of I knew how to do them mm-hmm. kind of they were still kind of clunky it was you had to download one app look in the catalog then download that book then get it transferred oh, I would not it like is that. now so much more yeah, what's the app easy. they use now the one that i like to use is called libby mm. that's through our overdrive uh it uses overdrive but it's really simple it's like essentially you find the book and then you're able to read it like right there. That's crazy. Uh, right, but let's bring up the debate we have with everyone who comes in here. Okay. E-books or books? Well, Depends. 
Well, I think for me, it, it depends, but it's yeah. really easy. It's essentially if the physical book is here, yeah, and if it's I'm at home and I don't have that book right. and it's available, I will get it. Um, I'll download it. I'll also usually try to see if I can get a physical copy because I like I that know, better. me too. Mm-hmm. I like but it better. Like sometimes you just think, I want something to read. Like, what is available now? Right. It's 11 o'clock at night. I want I love something. being able to get whatever That's I a big want. one. Yeah. That is a big and one. I think I, I just I just started, like, I think on a trip without, I didn't want to pack anything. Mm-hmm. And then, actually, let me see if I could download a book. The only time it becomes terrifying, though, and maybe I'm only thinking about this because every electronic device I own right now is old. But when you start depending on your battery, oh yeah, like I just flew across country. I was like, uh-oh, I better make sure I have 100% battery on my iPad because I got books to read. I got movies to watch. I got all this stuff to do. If it dies, I'm screwed. I do so much research. I, it's funny because I've ta- we've interviewed several people who said when I'm doing research, I want to do it electronically so that I can highlight. And I'm the opposite. I want to be able to write in the book. I know you're not supposed to do that. But so I find myself when I'm traveling always taking – physical copies with me because I need to write. a lot of space. No, it takes up it's crazy. It's crazy. But the library, one of the things I love about it in San Francisco is I can get these really weird esoteric books um, on, you know, I don't know, 18th century painting that have never been translated into English. Like that's never going to be electronic and it's something to find would be so hard. I don't know how you'd find it if you didn't have a library able to track it down for you. And it's so fast in San Francisco. It's amazing what you can get. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. We have a partnership called Link Plus. It's a consortium yeah. of different, exactly, a lot of them university libraries. Exactly, so you have access to a lot of really interesting print materials that way. I have never not been able to find something. It's and it's, it's pretty amazing. amazing. People will, <laughs> as a librarian, people will come up with questions for you. What about this book or this author? And you're right. like, we probably don't have it here, but let me check Link yeah. Plus because it sounds like you're getting a little bit deeper, and hopefully one of these universities will have it's it. It's amazing. And then they'll send it. It's like three days. I know. It's so fast. It's so good. Everyone's looking at me. Is there's no excuse. Well, I'm just thinking like there's no excuse for people not being able to find something. <laughs> like You should be able to do research. You should be able to find to, – to drill down on whatever you have interest in. It's really – And what about archives? I'm thinking specifically of historic archives. How has – access to that changed in the last 25 years? I think it's gotten, there's a lot more electronic versions of them. We do have a, a city archivist, called, uh, her name is uh, Susan Goldstein, and we do have the SF History Center, another one of the little mini I've communities. Spent, I've spent a lot of time yeah. up there. Yeah, and um, so what they do is they keep, you know, city archives, they have historical documents, they... Have they uh, changed the way they keep them? Yeah, so we have, like, we... So there's a few different ways that they do keep them, and I'm not an expert in how they do it, but I know that we also have this Digi Center, and we have this brand new giant digitization machine. Just going to ask this. Than, like, this. So how do they? How do they do it? How do they make things electronic? This is how they scan. They, they yeah. Scan. We have. We also had a grant, and I forget who the grant was from, but it was another digitization machine that would flip pages, and it. But this brand new one that we have is like this big, giant, powerful machine. And the staff meeting kind of showed us how it works or, you know, I don't really know how it works. But it's just this <laughs> immense thing. And I think, well, I have my phone. I could probably scan something with with my phone. But there are, you know, specific machines that, that I mean, do remember this. what a nightmare it was to, like, find stuff on microfiche and then, like, thread it into that thing. And then yeah, it yeah. terrible. And you have to and go you'd back be taking, and forth. Yeah. You'd be taking notes by hand trying to, like 
remember what it was like and oh, it's just, yeah you're like turning the knob to go back and getting into focus yeah <laughs> it was awful you guys if you're young and don't know about this <laughs> it was terrible yeah. i was just asking my son though who's a college student he's taking his first art history class and i said well what do you study as an undergraduate in art history because so much of art history when i was an undergrad was just creating this giant data bank in your brain of images, and you don't need to do that anymore because there's just images. You can just save, you can save all those images on your phone. You can save them all everywhere. Hmm. What's it like? And it is it is very different. I don't mean to be a Luddite. <laughs> you like books. I do like touching or, you know, being well, in old places. And Come on, it's better than microfiche, though. It's better than microfiche because I can't think of a number of times when I was just halted because microfiche was the only option. Like, ah, what a hassle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I sort of tried to get here earlier, but I'm still going to keep pushing it. So what was the moment when you realized it was your career? I guess so, it was before so, 1999. So not, not, a, yeah, not a real moment, but I think it was just kind of the realization that I started really kind of understanding what libraries do that this could be an option, that and it's great to have people in higher positions who take an interest in you and say, hey, have you thought about mm-hmm. doing this? There are a lot of opportunities for people if you're interested in this work. If you want more experience, let me know. So I also think a lot of people encouraged me, and I think we as an institution tend to encourage our staff who aren't librarians to go to library school. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes they think, great, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to be a librarian like you. Or get out of my, you know. <laughs> well, no, you bring up a good point. I think people, if, if, they're look, if they're at that age and if they're thinking like, you know, what am I going to do? What, what do I want to do? And if we see young people mm-hmm. who have potential or who we think would be good, I'd like saying, hey, have you thought about that? Like, mm-hmm. I think you would be really good. I think what you would bring to our library system or to libraries would be valuable have you thought about that and if you have any questions i'm someone that i you know that you could ask but you don't have to ask me a lot of librarians would be happy to help you and i think that's part of what you were alluding to earlier about the the perception of the job mm-hmm. changing it's changed a lot because you know spinster librarian wasn't that was was that in it's, a, from, it's, it's a wonderful it's a life, wonderful life. Have, yeah. you, have you ever seen it's a wonderful life what happened where to her? There's, there's oh my the, god there's the scene where in the alternate universe where everything is terrible mary is not a mother of five children or however many but she's become the librarian and it's like this horrible <laughs> thing and yeah. the angel doesn't want to tell george what's happened and he says tell me clarence and he goes i don't want to tell you george he goes tell me tell me and he goes she's just about to lock up the library <laughs> and then the camera gets like on his face and goes oh no <laughs> and then also she has glasses it's terrible well, i know we're all well, glasses. You, know, you look at books that it's much terrible right? but you know on twitter i follow quite a few librarians on twitter from different parts of the country who i just because i like their twitter feeds and it turns out they're librarians but i'm i just love seeing what toledo ohio is doing i love seeing what people are doing in indiana like it's it's cool. It's very cool. Well, this was good. That's sort of a good segue to what I wanted to ask next, which was, so we've talked about community within your library or within the system oh, yeah. in San Francisco, but what about a community of libraries? How, di- how dialed in are you to that? There's a pretty dynamic, um, I think we all try to learn from each other and the library world is, uh, knows each other pretty well. So we know like Multnomah County is doing some pretty good things. Mm. And they're known for being very innovative. And there's That's like Hennepin, really? Hennepin County, and then there's, 
you know, there's a few libraries that are doing like really interesting. Can I just shout out edge. to the Toledo uh, Library? I'm telling uh, you, yeah. those guys are amazing. I love their Twitter Wait, feed. To- Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, oh, Ohio. Uh, you, about Toledo, they're like, no, I'm going <laughs> to They're so great. I, I follow their librarian and he won't follow me back. I've tried. How do you like that? I know. I like to talk to him. I, well, you know, each industry cool. has their prima donnas. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's great. But but uh, they have like now a little bookmobile that goes around, but it's a bike with books on it to go mm. into different neighborhoods and mm. like get kids to come. And I just like seeing what they're doing in the community. I think it's cool. So I we like have it. something similar called, it's a bike and it has an electric bike and it has like a trailer on it. And yeah, you take it's it like to that events too. And, and, and do people love it? Ours is, what do you think ours is called? Um, the Quake Mobile. That's you know that we had like a staff contest and <laughs> spoke in word. Oh no, oh. that's good. That's better. That's, that's really that's good. Uh, way better than Quake. But so I'm assuming there's there's conferences. There's all kinds of. Oh yeah, things. there's the is there's the ALA ALA conference. conference. And Library Association. When you go, do you feel kind of like chuffed that you're from San Francisco? Is there like a I don't know. I would feel like because you are Library of the Year. Yes. This past year, yes, I did feel. I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. Check me out. Yeah. I know. Look right. at me. I'm from San Francisco. Right. That's pretty cool. It was very cool. Um, Is everyone getting like super drunk and hooking up at the librarian? Conference? See, now you're playing into the old stereotype of libraries. No. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, you guys go nuts, right? <laughs> Is that the old stereotype? I was thinking more it's just the like ironic old stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Librarians oh, going gotcha. like, us, yes. Actually, they like take I was going to close up, but a busload of librarians showed up. We undo my bun. The bun comes down. Exactly. I'll bet. I'll bet they cut loose. That's all I'm saying. Start quoting Dickens to each other, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, those big, we do have big conferences. There are smaller conferences. There's the uh, CLA conference, California Library Association, that happens every year, and that's next week, this coming week. Where is it? Um, It's in Santa Clara. Every year it rotates between North and Northern California and Southern California. But it's a really great opportunity to feel something outside of just your library system or where you work and to connect with other people. And especially the big ones are pretty fun because you'll get big authors and you see mm. people from all over. Speaking and of which, have you read the library book yet? Do you know about this? Tell me more. Susan Orlean just wrote a book called The Library Book. Yeah, I know. And it's yes. about the fire in L.A. And it's so good, but it's about libraries. Yes, I have not You'd read know. it, but I know of I it. wish I brought you a copy. You could probably get it at the library. <laughs> and what is the state of California libraries? I, it seems to me like... In California, every government-funded institution is in a perpetual state of crisis. How are libraries doing? It de- I think it depends on how they're funded. Mm-hmm. So I think right now, generally everyone is, I don't know about everyone, in the Bay Area, and from what I know, everyone is doing relatively well. This is different from eight years ago, mm-hmm. ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but counties are funded different than cities, and certain counties are different are funded differently than other counties. Uh, city and county of San Francisco, and my understanding is, and don't really quote me on this, but I, my understanding is counties are funded through, um, well, the state ensures that counties are funded at a, at a certain in a certain way where they don't do that specifically for cities. So mm-hmm. cities were hit a lot harder, and you were, certain cities were cutting hours. And, now, you're um, a city and a county. We're a city and a county, and we've, like, Really? Done pretty well, mm-hmm. um, and we're doing well now. And there hasn't been talk of, and in the it, Bay Area, there hasn't really been talk lately for the last few years. Of when anything. I first moved to no. California, I was shocked because I moved to Orange County, and the libraries were terrible, and they were closed several days a week, and it was because they had no funding. Everyone said. I, I think I remember here when they they started 
cutting back on hours. Yeah. And that was that was like 20... Here, San Francisco? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Many, many years ago. Oh, I don't remember. And maybe. Something. Yeah. I wasn't working here then, but I was at San Jose, and a lot of our libraries were open six days a week. Mm-hmm. And then when I left, they'd started cutting, and I knew that they'd gone down to five hours. They'd had a contingency plan to open like... Three days a week or four days. Oh, wow, that's open. a bummer. I think most of them were but open five like- days a week. But, you know, at that time, a lot of cities were cutting hours, mm-hmm. cutting days, cutting people. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like here, and again, I'm a library slut, um, there's been a lot of new building and refurbished buildings in the last five years or so. It's probably or been 10? closer to, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. probably closer to 10, even longer. When did they build the Glen Park one? Um, that's gotta oh, be, that's got to be 10 years. So the Chinatown branch and the uh, Mission branch were remodeled mm-hmm. like 15 years ago or maybe longer. After those two, we voted for – there was a there was a, um, there was a vote to fund libraries, specifically to fund – to uh, renovate or rebuild or build new libraries, and that passed. I remember that, So yeah. every library has been redone or yeah. completely rebuilt since then. And, and the last one was – I think the last one that was finished was North Beach, and I think everyone oh, yeah, since yeah. then has all been, not been to And there's a new library. branch in Mission Bay, too. Brand new. Not brand new. Uh, but, yeah, was new as of like eight years ago, yeah, something yeah. like that. North Beach is a brand new facility. Mm-hmm. Bayview is a, is a, was a brand new facility. They knocked down their old yeah. building and moved. North Beach moved slightly. And what's the one? I think Visitation Valley. That's a beautiful one now. This valley is nice. There's a lot of really nice stuff. looking I, I know. I'm kind of blown away. Yeah. I've not been to any of these libraries. It's because I the like, ones in the neighborhoods I've lived in. I'm really interested in the library buildings, too. Are yeah. there any library oh, yeah. buildings either in the city or outside that you really like? So I'll so, tell you my favorite after you go first. So here in the city, I like – there are kind of like three – different types of libraries. The mm-hmm. Old Carnegie libraries. I was just going to say yeah. that, yeah. It's kind of like those, these mid-century ones, and there's the newer modern ones. Mm-hmm. So the older ones, I am partial to Golden Gate. Mm-hmm. I think it because it has both sides. You don't just see a facade. You see it from the side. Yeah. It's rounded on the side. I, know, I love that. I think the outside is is the most well-maintained and intricate and really nice. And I think the inside was really well done. And I think the addition of the elevator and like the kind of modern part just really completes it makes it like I think mm. it's the best one of those that's my opinion of the mid-century ones I mean I like the one um, out by um, Stonestown I forget which branch that is Merced on 19th and it's not on 19th it's on Winston I want to say between 19th and Unit Brocera yeah, I think that's, that's Merced. Yeah. yeah, that's a nice one. Kind of a mid-century. Yeah, and yeah. they just did it recently. I'll tell you what my two favorite in the region, though, are. I love Burlingame Main Library. Nice one, like Spanish style. It's, yeah. a, it's a arts and crafts. And, and, re- and they redid that one like seven, yeah. six, seven, eight years ago Beautiful. or something like that. Yeah. And I really like the uh, Mill Valley Library. I don't know the Mill Valley It's Library. a real, like, you, among the redwoods. mentioned that before. Yeah, California, 60s, lots of wood and glass type of deal. I grew up with a mid-century library that replaced a Carnegie labor- library what? that they tore down to nothing. Um, and I used to be up in arms thinking about it and getting so angry about it. But now that I look back on that building, it was actually – the mid-century one was actually really nice too. <laughs> they shouldn't have torn down the Carnegie building. but And the Carnegie ones provide like a different challenge like uh, in a lot of uh, ways. Especially yeah. now. With, yeah, uh, just like you know, a lot of them will have these grand staircases. Yeah. and Nobody can get in. Yeah. 
and there's li- different solutions for the different yeah. and no outlets probably or not you, enough. Did you ever get down to the peninsula at all? Like Half Moon Bay, bit. about a month ago, opened a brand new Ooh, one. Oh, we should, let's do a field trip. The <laughs> old one was just old and not adequate Where to is the it? community. It's about two blocks off of Main Street. Okay. Um, and it's in, the new one is incredible. It's really, really uh, I haven't been to that one. I've been to most of them down there, though. Ortola Valley is another one. It's yeah. out in the oh, hills. Yeah. It's a brand new. I have to say, as an there. author, it's really nice to have librarians reach out to you. And I've done a lot of really nice talks at libraries. Like, it's really fun to – because a lot of times they introduce you to a community that you would have no access to but aren't really interested in you. It's just something that they do. They come to these talks or they are, mm-hmm. they like to come to the library every Tuesday or whatever. And I've often had really, really nice experiences at libraries around San Francisco. So do you, do you think your future in libraries will keep you in the main branch or would you go back to the neighborhood branches? I really do miss kind of that interaction that I had every day. Mm-hmm. I where I am now, I think I'm starting to um, create relationships that I get to go back to mm-hmm. more often. Mm. And yeah, how long have you been at the main branch? It's now been about a year, maybe a little more than a year now. Okay, gosh, we're in November. I wow. know. So oh you were brand gosh. new when we met you the first time. Oh yeah! Yay! Like, the boss was like, I remember, like when you first started, you're like the grotto just called me. Could you like handle them? And I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll go talk to these people. We love the San Francisco Public Library. We love it. Yeah, no, um, thank you, and so do I, and I think kind of what your question, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I get bored with things, because I've never thought about myself being bored, but I don't tend to stay longer than like four or five mm. years in a place, and it's been as short as two or three, and then something happens, or sometimes people will ask if I could maybe move to this position, or something different. So, so when you work for the library, do you work for all the libraries? I mean, is it like a centralized thing in San Francisco, or is it branch by branch? Now now I'm suddenly interested in how this works. No, so we are San Francisco Public Library. We have yeah. a city librarian. Yeah. And with the way we're organized, so every city librarian or county librarian or director organizes their library system the way they want. Uh-huh. And ours is uh, organized in like a branches division. So we have a head of the branches division. We have a main division. So we have a person who's head of the main library. Um, we have a few. Uh, my my boss is the head of the community programs and partnerships division. So that's what we do, which is why we don't really work at a branch or we uh, don't really do a mm-hmm. public public desk. But we are. We do try to push programming. We try to do partnerships. We try to do like one city, one book. Mm-hmm. Or, it sounds like you would get a chance to do things at the branches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that we are. So I don't. So we're not limited in my department. We're not limited to a specific branch. We're trying to see, well, what programming would work for our branches? Mm-hmm. Where should these programs go? Where should they be? What should, mm-hmm. um, what would work? Uh, what is something innovative that we haven't done that someone might want to do? Or we'll get feedback from our branches that they've done something that they were excited about. And we think, wow, yeah, could we jump on that and start like duplicating that at other libraries? Can you share that with us? <laughs> what can we how can we help you do uh, create like a, a more connected branch, more connected community at your branch? And as you get further into your career, and, and you've been there a while now, and you've done a bunch of different things, do you develop in your head the idea of like the Ur Library? What would make this a perfect situation? I had that with what I felt like my branch should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I like we were talking earlier, like what is your li- like what is a library? It's changed, and. and mm. 
coming from a few other library systems where things were changing fast and I was kind of resistant. And if you've already, well, think about it. Like if you've already kind of mastered what you think your job is and all of a sudden you're starting to be asked to do something different, people can be very resistant to that. Right. Brands are the same way. And I was like that. And then you start doing these new things and you, you get up from your desk and you start talking to people and you realize, hey, people like this. I like this. Right. Everyone is having a better experience. Right. So I think that I've come around to wanting to try different things. And if we think an idea might work or if a staff person thinks an idea might work, I was very ready and willing to say, well, let's try it and let's see how this goes. Um, so I, what I'd like I'd like to embrace the idea of how can we make the experience for our users better? Like, mm -hmm. what can we, how can we give them a better experience? Who are our users? Like, who are we targeting? If we want this thing to change, who do we think will benefit from this? Uh, who will be hurt from this? Like, if we make a change, like, what? And um, I wanted clean library. I wanted a clean library, a very neat library. I didn't want clutter. I didn't want extraneous signs taped up all over the place. Because we can do, we... You know, if you leave me alone, I might have signs saying this and this and this and this. And I was I had to have to try hard to make sure I didn't do that or to have extra carts on the floor. I, you know, I had a very specific... Or scoldy signs. Or scold, I, did, I took down our scoldy <laughs> signs that said no yeah, something. I don't like those signs. And, you know, some staff are like, but we need those. And it's like, well... Someone hey, doing first this is of not all, going to be determined exactly. by the sign. And they don't and read I, them anyway. And the, right. And the people, <laughs> I don't want people who are going to read signs to feel unwelcome because now we have this kind of negative, mm -hmm. here's it's, your intro to my library. Don't do this, 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 or this. <laughs> and I think you're, no gonna, I think you're like this and right. stop being that way. Yeah. So I did have certain, um, like an idea of what I wanted the library to be. And then specifically at my last branch, I felt that children and families weren't specifically welcomed or at least I didn't get the idea that they felt they were welcome. Mm -hmm. So I think we tried to work hard to change that and to ensure that, that, that people felt welcome. We also had a lot of support. My colleague, uh, so I mostly do adult stuff and I have a colleague who is focused on youth services and what they do on that side was like really supportive of children's services and we would rely on what they put out and their recommendations mm -hmm. and their programming that they had and like just having that strong support from the position that I currently have and from her position out to the branches for me at a branch was like really helpful and it really helped um yeah and and for us, and we, we're about ready to wrap it up here. I want to know what's on these papers. Oh, yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> Alejandro, Alejandro came brought, prepared, and I want to know what it is. This will be a good service for our listeners, yeah. too, because he brought papers telling us what is hot at the library. Oh, my God. I'm excited. Okay. Besides the librarians cutting loose I know. at the hotel bar. A hot librarian's a pretty hot thing, I just want to say. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying, I'm Alejandro. <laughs> so what's happened at the library? What is happening? Um... I would say that November, so what we try to do, we do like these big themed months where we try to uh, get like a synergy between all of our branches and all our youth services and adult service programming and try to take on a theme and celebrate that theme. So for November, for the first time, we've done a system-wide, we're calling it first person, honoring Native, Native American uh, culture and, and history, and that's currently happening now, and I just... Oh, and I also haven't mentioned, you probably know, but we, I'm in the habit of saying we have 28 locations. We currently have 29 because we have a pop-up 
library oh, in the moment. Right. SF MoMA. Oh, that's it's right. I public that. knowledge. And what a good it's, idea. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and it's super cool to be working with, with the great people at, at MoMA. Uh, but so just this past Saturday, we had um, a Yaki dancer. Oh, Native so American. fun. It was yeah. great, and we had it there at, at Public Knowledge at MoMA. So programs like that are all month. Uh, that is great. And that is what's currently happening. But as far as, like, materials, I brought, what I brought was I quickly tried to print out what was hot, like, last month. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so, so excited. So, like, the month of September. And then, what did I bring? Well, I can see that we want to know this one right here, because number one. Number one from, from, like, September through the beginning of October is a book called Lucky Boy. Have you guys heard of it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Shanti 95 is... episodes ago. <laughs> Our first... Grottopod. The Grottopod. Author. Kicked off with Shanti Sacred, author of... Lucky Boy. And now it's Lucky number Boy. one at the San Francisco it Public Library. Number one. Coincidence? I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. We do what we can. I can't wait to tell Shanti. Who else? Like a, one interesting thing, just like as an aside, like the Grotto has had like pretty intimate relationships with a few authors recently who've come out with really cool, incredible, mm-hmm. incredible works. Lucky Boy or River of Stars. I know or River of like, Stars. So I think it's so perfect for the library in so many ways because it's really about a community in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. so do I. So um, good. Um, Tommy Orange's book. They're there. I wonder if I know. Could you guys like? Can you do something about that? Let's get that on. Wasn't the wasn't the fifty seven bus? That was like, oh yes. yeah. Okay, so Dashka. on our nonfiction, that was All fiction. Right. Okay, on our nonfiction for adult. Let me see. Is that? I think that might be YA. I think it is. We're counting it. As, our, you know why? Because everybody loves it. That was our, for this past month, that mm-hmm. was our number two highest checked out. Dashka, number two. Well, number one was the best we could do, and that's right in the oh, wheelhouse of One City, so One Book. So good, yeah. But yeah, Dashka Slater was was uh, number, yeah, right also, up there. Also, got a podcast. Right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys read Garfield's <laughs> kids nonfiction? Wait, Garfield still has new stuff? And or is it not and new? And it's super it's, funny. It doesn't have to be new? <laughs> I'm getting the look. I'm getting a bad look. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, but kids love Garfield. I know, but you know, who, speaking of A River of Stars, Vanessa Waz, kids love Garfield. They do? They love, yeah. So you got Ziggy on that list, too, next to Garfield? <laughs> Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. Oh, Mr. Magoo, I like. Mo Willems is, like, for children's fiction. <laughs> what? Reina Telgemeier for drama and smile. Diary of a Wimpy Kid's up there. Wonder. Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Still? J.K. Rowling? Still? Oh, whoa. I guess this is just perennials at some point. Uh, yeah, right. Now well, they're the classic. Yeah. So it's not. It's kind of cool to see the I know, children's it's the like, library. Oh, okay, I see. Like I read that. Yeah. The um, the adult ones tend to change a little bit more, and it's kind of fun to mm. see. Do you guys ever read uh, the um, the storied life of A. J. Fickery? No, no, I don't know it even. So we had this interesting partnership that that the Shanghai Library reached out to us last year. We're sister cities with Shanghai. That's very cool. And they wanted to do kind of like a how we choose a book. Mm-hmm. And we have our city we, like. Choose one they together? They to do one together. I love that idea. That's so cool. So what we did last year is we chose The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery, which is, I read the reviews and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. It seems I have not of, heard of it. I'm so embarrassed. It was, it was like a, a minor bestseller, like 2016, mm. 24, something like that. Mm. Really good. The main the main character is a bookstore owner. So oh, I like about, that. It's kind of a book about books. I always like that. Really good story. And I wasn't sure if you'd read it and if you haven't. Go Don't tell it's like me. Really good. Okay, it's, that sounds it's good. A, it's a cool little. It's a cool book. The premise I like. 
What are you guys reading recently that I should know about? I got to tell you, I read the library book because I picked up student or- Susan Orlean at the library. <laughs> right. There, I got that in there. Okay. Um, and I really liked it. I don't know if you remember the fire at the main branch of the library in L.A. It was in 86. No, but I know of it, especially because of this book. Okay, so what is so cool, for one thing, she's a fantastic nonfiction writer and a great storyteller. And it's a great book for all those things. But just the details about libraries, it's so good. You would really like it. I am recommending to everyone... Uh, a book of fiction by a recent Grotto podcast called If You Leave Me. The author's Crystal Hana Kim. And it's uh, it's nothing I would have ever been interested in, but it was really good. Yeah. I think that also came out this year. Yeah. Right? It did. Like also yeah. Mm-hmm. came out this year. And it's on my to-read list. Yeah, I would take a look at that. It's, it's big old sprawling. I can't believe someone did that for their first novel. Isn't it amazing when you see not first novels like that? I was shocked. Like, how did you do that? Why did you do that for your first novel? But it's fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. And I have to say for me, fiction-wise, A River of Stars was one of my favorite reads last year. I just really enjoyed it. That was really good, very relevant kind of – Yeah. And it's getting more and more relevant. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We are out of time. Oh, my God. I'm it's afraid. good because it's gotten real hot. All of a sudden, it got real hot yeah. in here. Um, Alejandro, tell our listeners the library's website. SFPL.org. There you go. So easy. We want you to know how to get to the library. Um, is there anything else you should be telling people? I don't know. Do you have any upcoming events that you want to promo? Uh, this will come out maybe even two weeks. S- yeah. yeah. No, but can I say real quick? You'd ask me about my story and how I turned into. Oh yeah. Real quick. When I was a kid in San Jose, where I grew up, it was predominantly Latin American, Latin American immigrants, Mexican immigrants specifically. And my understanding, I was a little kid at the time, but there weren't. We felt there were barriers, or there wasn't a library mm-hmm. in our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we started a library in our local church, the church that I would go to, Catholic Church. Um, and eventually, with enough pressure and enough support, it was adopted by the city of San Jose as an actual branch, and they built an actual library. What a great story. And you buried the lead. We, I know. Totally. Right, right. No, I was going to say, well, that's how it happened before. But the longer story might have been that – and then I remember working in San Jose at that particular branch and wow. going through photos. They had historical photos – and then there I was as, a, like, a five-year-old, and I remember this, like, on stage at the at the church hall with, like, the mayor, and we were, like, ribbon-cutting. Somehow we'd gotten, like, me, my parents, and I had gotten chosen to be up there to, like, cut this ribbon. And I was like, that's me, like, that's me, that's like, cool. at, like, in this historical, like, so photo album it of was, the opening of this branch that I was then working at. To give you chills? It's and kind it was, of like a destiny thing. No, totally. It was, it was really, really cool. And I was like, it said, unidentified family. I said, no, I can identify them. <laughs> that's me. That's, those are my parents. Oh, I love that story. Did, were, were you able to show it to your parents? I told them the story. I don't know if I showed Probably them. Probably before iPhones where you could just, like, snap a pic. I, it was. Yeah. yeah. I probably had a flip phone. Yeah. Like, my something. Oh, that that's an awesome that's, that's, that's that was story. kind of like a bigger roundabout way and like and now here i am i'm yeah. working in a library after that's a fantastic okay, okay right like okay. that is a story that we need to write the story it's fantastic all of my journalist friends get here hit up alejandro you guys know any writers 
I a feel couple, like I could find somebody. Just a couple, not yeah. that many. <laughs> what say you, BQ? I say, you guys, follow me. I retweet the librarian from the Toledo or, um, Library quite a bit. I don't remember his name. Uh, follow me, Bequintra, at Bequintrest on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow the Grottopad pod. I can't even say the name the of Grotto the Pad. The Grotto Pad. The Grotto Pod at the Grotto Pod on Instagram and so Twitter. So easy. If you have any questions, you know, shoot, me, shoot them to me on Twitter. You can also email the Grotto Pod at grottopod at gmail.com. Let's thank our producers. Thank you, Beth. Weingarner. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> Kravitz. <laughs> thank you, Lori. And Doyle. And as for me, you can find me at that Larry Rosen on Instagram and Twitter. And remember, I have another podcast, and you can find it at isitgoodforthejews.com. You know what? I want to thank our partners, too. The San Francisco hey, Public Library. You can we thank him. He's right here. Him. Thank you. We love, love you. you. And uh, Babylon Salon. And Babylon Salon. Next up, I, is it December 1st? San Francisco's premier reading series. And that. Beth is going to be reading. And so is Vanessa Wong, I believe. You can thank Beth in person. Uh, check out Babylon Salon on Twitter. I think you can find all the deets there. You've said a lot, but I think there's one more thing to say. I just want to say, read, get books at the library, whatevs, write, and just keep working. Thank you.